thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Here we are, up for a chat. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. We do not have our beautiful Karen Smith from karensmith.com, but we do have... Oh, Cindy O'Meara from Changing Habits. And I'm Kim from 28.com. Welcome, everybody. It's been a massive weekend, or a massive few weeks, actually. Mm, we have. And our beautiful Karen has been away this week, so we thought we would take the opportunity after having a most amazing weekend. We've both done our big graduations for the beginning of 2016, and just before we get into having our exquisite, beautiful, special guest here, I just want to say to you, Cindy, it was amazing to watch your nutritional program. The graduates, you had 75 of them sitting in that room. There were 13 graduates on the night that had got through your 12-module program. Some of those had also also qualified from my program the weekend before. So it was really, there was a beautiful energy. Tell me how you're feeling here the day after. (laughs) (laughs) What was, you know, the most important thing is having support um, when you're doing that. And I had you as my support. And I also had my team. So I had Ruth and Christy and Tash there. Plus we had Sheridan and Jordan who are our nutritionists there. So getting through three days of speaking and um and and the enormity of it all because it was the inaugural graduation for me you know you've had a couple of graduations from your HLE program whereas for me this was the first graduation so yeah I'm I'm a little bit okay I'm through that and because it was something I'd never done before you know I'd never never ever um you know, I haven't had graduates before. I, I'd never done that program before. And so it was new to me. Even though I've lived it for 30 years, it was new doing that instead of talking about nutrition. Mm. Yeah. So but that was that was my weekend. But I know that you also had a really busy four days with your graduation and um, of your HLEs. But they all graduated, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, ours, ours, you don't have to... You do have to do all the modules. You do have to do the homework, but there's no assignments. Their assignments with mine is rituals. They have to do facials. They have to do uh, beautiful time-out rituals. They have to do inhalations. They have to set up a home spa. So really, mine is all around nurturing the soul and spirit and really teaching people to become a lot more aware of the importance of self-care because we all know if the woman of the house is happy and healthy... Life runs smoothly for everybody else. And I just thought it was so interesting, given our our guest, she's just sitting here, but I just have to say, um, when we, we were sitting there going through the program and I was looking at Cindy, you and what you do and what I do, I truly believe that the the roles of a man and a woman are very specific, as in the intrinsic essence of who we are, which is a woman is to nourish and nurture, really at the core fundamental essence of our spirit. That's what we do best. And men's is to provide and protect. And yes, we can flick into providing and protecting as women, and yes, men can become a nourisher and a nurturer, but the essence of a man and a woman, I believe, is that. And then I sat there with this unbelievable awe, thinking, oh my gosh, you teach the nourish, and I teach the nurture. So I've had this really beautiful um, synergistic feeling. It felt really beautiful and and I know whilst we were sitting there in your graduation, I had the privilege of being at the back of the room and, and nurturing you through the, third, the three days. 
there was this woman sitting there that I just, she kept catching my eye and I thought, oh gosh, she's so beautiful and she's so young. And then when you said to me, oh, I know who we're going to interview for the podcast, I went, oh my gosh, who? And when Jodie turned around and you pointed to Jodie, I went, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Mm. So tell me what you, tell our listeners what you said to me and why you wanted Jodie. Well, actually, before I... um I, I talk about Jodie. I just wanted to talk about the fact that you, your, what you do with your nourish, uh, with your nurture program of the HLE, because somebody came up to you, Kim, and said, I really want to do your program, I'm gonna, but I'm going to wait till I'm finished Cindy's. Yeah. But there were quite a few that are doing both programs. And the, the ones that are doing both programs are saying that you're that your program is helping them through mine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because they've got to nurture themselves in, in order to learn. Mm. And, and they've all said that it has helped them get through my program. So I wanted to just make sure if anybody's, you know, doing either of our programs, that they are a beautiful um, symbiotic, like, meld together in that one helps you get through the other uh, and both give you information in order to help your communities and help your family and, and help yourself, you know, so that's what it was. So throughout the um, three days, um, it was all about business. So it was all about, okay, now that you've finished the program and you've graduated, what can you do with this information? How do, how do we do, how do we get this into our community, not just into ourselves and to our family, but perhaps the community? And there were a lot of people there that wanted to do that. Whereas there are a lot of people that didn't want to do it. So um, we had many discussions and the feedback I got from the whole of the class or the whole of the audience or the delegates was phenomenal. Mm. They all had brilliant ideas. Mm. But I have to tell you, Jodie kept sparking up with all these amazing ideas and so I wanted to interview her because she's a, a young woman living in a small town and she she just had some really unique ideas and I thought our listeners might like to hear what she's doing in her community in order to change it. So I'd like to introduce Jodie Hesselwood. I said that right? Yeah. <laughs> Jodie Hesselwood who yeah. is doing the um, Changing Habits online nutrition course. Are you doing Kim's as well? No, I just no. said to her yesterday I really want to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> see? Yes. So, um, yeah, we just want to kind of hear your story and then we'll talk about what you're doing in your community and how you're really making a difference. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> 34. 34. She looks 22, I have to tell you that. <laughs> Stunning. Stunning. Absolutely gorgeous goddess. Olive skin, hair up, beautiful brown eyes, just has this exquisite calm yeah. demeanour about her. Jodie, oh, you started okay. telling me a little bit about your story. I really would love you to repeat it because there's a lot of people out there that have this start to their life mm. it's been i've been through a lot a, a long life and so i'll try and do a long quick, life <laughs> a long long process to get here so i'll try and do it quickly um i guess um as a lot of australians have been brought up on our what we call the sad diet the australian standard diet um um yeah so i was brought up my parents were quite busy so you know quick dinners anything to get food into us it wasn't about nourishing ourselves it was you know the takeaway meals or just a quick meal that we could get slapped together so I had that mindset going through my whole life so 
obviously when I left school, school and moved out of home, that got worse. I thought takeaway food was fine to eat, so, you know, that was quick and easy, yeah. Had you never... Um, was there no talk or conversation in your house um, when you were growing up about food? It was just... No. That was it. Not that I remember. Um, mm. I'm sure my mum and dad knew that food could make a difference with your health, but, um, yeah, not that I remember. It was a lot of, yeah... Sim- being simple and getting that food into us because my parents were really busy, yeah. 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 But um, so, yeah, I went through that phase and I, um, I, real- I got to a point where I was really depressed. I had chronic fatigue syndrome, like that I'd had it come from glandular fever, I guess. So what age did you get glandular fever? Um, glandular fever would have been my first year out of school. Out of school so, so common, yeah. isn't it? It yeah. is. It's mm. becoming more and yeah. more common, especially yeah. amongst, well, young girls and young men. Mm. But you see it usually starting yeah. in year 12. But yeah. it just got worse and um, I couldn't hold down a, a stable job because I was always sick and, yeah, and then the depression, you know, you weren't feeling good about yourself because you're always sick, so... Um, yeah, it wasn't until I actually found uh, um, through someone on the Sunshine Coast that um, food does make a difference and I was learning to how to eat vegetables again and how to eat fruit. I didn't even like oranges. I didn't like, yeah, it just, yeah, I just found a new way to eat and within weeks I was feeling better. I was feeling amazing. I had energy. I could walk to work. I could get through my day and, yeah, I got home and I didn't sit in front of the TV anymore because I had the energy to get up in the kitchen and prepare food for the next day and that just excited me to learn more about food and that just drew my like grew my passion and um, I remember moving to Mackay and I'd come across a chiropractor so that was my next step in my journey and he taught me so much um, and then he took me along to a talk with you at Cindy and it was in a little classroom before you grew, it was in a little classroom <laughs> in Mackay and I remember meeting you and I went home to my husband I want to live with her. I want to work <laughs> with her. I want to pick her brain for the rest of my life. And yeah, so when this course came up, and that was like seven years ago, and ever since then I've just been following you guys like crazy. But um, yeah, and when this course came up, I'm like, this is my chance to pick Cindy's brain and learn as much as I can from you. Wonderful. So that was exciting, yeah. Did you find um, that first nutritionist that um, you spoke of here on the Sunshine Coast, that just that little aha, mm-hmm. the eating vegetables, I heard we had a little sneak preview mm-hmm. of Cindy's beautiful What's With Wheat documentary oh, that's yeah. coming with the interview with the gorgeous Sally Fallon. And one of the big ahas I got just listening to her was, all you have to do is get more cruciferous and green vegetables into your diet and that can change the way you think. And you just saying that, that, that's a first step. You know, I went home to my daughter after this weekend and I just said to her, I've met a number of beautiful young women and, and obviously listening to some of the, the amazing interviews that you're doing. And for a lot of young people, that is an amazing first step is to, or my rule that I try to instigate in the house is every meal must have something green. So even if for breakfast you're having... Um, I don't know, a smoothie or poached eggs or whatever it is and there's nothing literally green, then my rule is you have to have one of Cindy's green shots. So there has to be green in every meal and that's made a real difference in our house. So I'm really interested to hear that, that that was your first step. Yeah, we actually have the green shot every morning. 
my kids love it. They have a little green shot and they think they're really special having their little yeah. green shot. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I feel confident in the fact that we've started our day out right. But yeah. Um, so you obviously are married with children. Yes. So how did your husband, was he on the, the path? He's, um, he said to me, I'm on your path, I'm just a few steps behind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess I'm lucky and probably he's lucky. He, he works away, so he's only home once, maybe twice a month. So um, he gets to go and eat his food when he's away and then oh, comes home to detox. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And I, I also homeschool the kids, so it's... Um, oh, you're homeschooling quite a big at home, yeah, yeah. Okay, so hang on, hang on. Before oh, we get wow. there, I want to find out how we got there. So hang on. <laughs> she we, likes we, to know love we stories. Moved, <laughs> we moved to Mackay. You are now eating vegetables and cooking more meals. When did the husband appear? Oh, um, early. We grew oh. up. And you grew up together? Best friends, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah we lived on the Sunshine Coast for yeah, oh, eight wow. years together. And so you moved to Mackay for work reasons? Yeah, he worked there already. He okay. Worked, and then I decided to, when I had the kids that we should be together. So your family was now, what, what age were you married? 29. 29. Okay, so all through your 20s, you were with your partner or who yep. became your husband. So all through there, you were still on this little journey of food and discovery and he just went along with whatever yeah. you were doing, as yeah. most of our gorgeous men out there do. Um, so you then decided to start a family. Had you detoxified enough, did you find, by the time you were ready to yeah. have children? That's why I, um, I feel blessed every day that I came on this journey before I had kids. Yeah. So I get to give my kids the best. Like I was completely clean. Yeah, my, my diet was clean and um, I had both my kids naturally. Breastfed them for three years straight and... They never have. They haven't never had a medication or anything. Oh, well, congratulations! Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well, they never tells me they've not, they haven't seen a doctor in their life. You know the other aha I got. So, because some people, when we have beautiful people like you on the show. Sometimes listening, it's like it just seems too big, and it's all right for you, yep. or people can't see themselves in the same ability to make changes. Another interesting thing that I heard Dr. Libby say last week when I heard her speaking, she said, you've got to remember the body is resilient. It is amazing. Every 28 days, skin cells renew themselves. And every three months, 90 days, blood cells, you've got a whole new set of blood in your body. And as she said, which means every 90 days, you've had three sets of skin and a whole new set of bloods. So never underestimate how quickly change can be made and the ability to detoxify and have the body at equilibrium is actually really wonderful. Mm. So when you had your babies, you've had natural births and all of that. Okay, you're still in Mackay. When did you move from there or what happened from there? Um, we had bought a block of land in Agnes, so that's what drew us back there. In where? Agnes Water, Agnes. 1770. I, I don't know what that means it's, when you add the 1770. <laughs> It's it's on the coast and it's north, so it's it's north up the up the coast a little bit. So further up the Mackay, uh, yeah, uh, no, oh, no, no, below Mackay, uh-huh. and uh, it was called seventeen seventy because Captain Cook um, oh, passed through there or something. Didn't um, they? The story is he discovered Australia there. There, that's <laughs> where he discovered, not Botany <laughs> Bay, yeah, not yeah. conspiracy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was always called seventeen seventy, and I we used to go there camping, and it used to be a caravan park. 
That's the, what the I, town. The town. It was just a caravan. It was a, a caravan park, and there were a couple of other little things along the way. But and Agnes Waters was a surfing mecca. Yeah. But that was all I remember about seventeen seventy and Agnes Waters, and whether it's changed or not, I don't know. It's changed. It's changed <laughs> a lot. Yeah. How many people live there? When I moved there two years ago, there was two thousand. I think I heard there was three thousand. Oh, it's growing. Yeah, it's growing. It just got a high school. So. Oh, wow. Well, you don't need that, do you? If you're homeschooling your children. All right, so what made you decide to, you know, homeschool the children rather than putting them in primary school? Well, it was funny because a friend of mine told me, well, as in Mackay, there's a mother's group there that you would really love. Um, I know what you're like, Jodie, and you'll really enjoy these people. So I took myself along there Um and they're all wholesome and loving and <laughs> ate the right food and I was just in heaven and um, it turns out they were a homeschooling group. Yeah, and um, I just learned more and more and the idea of homeschooling came more real to me. Like the, what I thought of homeschooling was you had to sit them in a room at a desk and tell them you teach them like a teacher would and they were more unschooling and let them be kids and oh it was just amazing and to be able to watch the older kids because my kids were still babies so I was still able to learn a lot more and see the other kids grow into 15 year old kids still not having to go to school and still and just with the passion of learning Mm. I thought yeah it's possible yeah Mm. I take my hat off to you because if your husband's away most of the time and you're home by yourself and you're schooling it's not as it's it can be tough, but and most people wouldn't do it, and most people say, no. "I couldn't do that, I couldn't do that." But you know, I just think that people have. I know when I homeschooled for three years, but we were traveling. Yeah. I loved it. I love the fact that I didn't have to plait their hair, put their uniforms on, make their lunch, get out of the house in two minutes. You know, like get out of the house, rush to school. Oh, you're late. Go. I love the fact that they were getting up at six in the morning and schooling themselves. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to be finished by nine o'clock so they could play the rest of the day. I, I just, I don't think people realise that I actually think homeschooling is far easier than than getting them into school and 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 all of that that goes with schooling, such as grandparents' day, sports day, this day, that day. Uh, I don't know. There's always seems to be a day, and I found myself when my children were at school is that I was always at a day. Yeah. <laughs> I was at some day somewhere, you know, it's like... <laughs> or parent-teacher interviews. Exactly, or, you know. Um, Jacob would have schooled me, I think. And Actually, Taylor would have had I'd me all lined would... up and really on the clock and on the dot. I don't know. I think I, I think that would have been interesting. I think you were at the principal's office more often than you were at home. I was. Yeah. I, I still am. <laughs> I still am. Um, we've got a big haircut dilemma at the moment and his oh, argument at the I moment... Love it. Is Jacob refuses to cut his hair, Jodie, so I'm sure being at home you'd be appreciative of the fact that you can let your children do what they like. He's in year 11, a senior student now, and he's decided his argument going into school today is the fact that we're an Anglican college, therefore based on Anglican principles, all pictures of Jesus Christ around the school has long hair. <laughs> I love it. I just think it's terrible. I want to be a fly on the wall when he tells the principal that. Good luck, Ozzie. Anyway, so back to your beautiful story. We do digress quite a bit. There's always a story to be told. 
Nelly, with your children and homeschooling, are they just flourishing as mm. beautiful little beings? How old are they? They're four and six. So, oh. so you're just not, getting them yeah, at the beginning. just at the beginning. And I think one someone told me once, if you want to learn something, you're going to le- you're going to learn it. Mm. Whereas if you're being told to learn something, you could. I know when I went through school, I was the same. Unless I was interested in it, I didn't really care too much about it. Mm. So. Um, it's nice to let the kids have their passions and run with it, I think. Yeah. Mm. I guess there's some people who have their children at school perhaps like the, the idea of the discipline of that too because sometimes in life we have to do stuff. I hate doing tax returns. Mm. So if I had my way, I would never have done them, you know. <laughs> so I guess I try and look at it from another perspective again just for those of us that have stayed at school is... You know, I try and explain to Jacob all the time there's nothing wrong with being an individual. There's nothing wrong with having your own thoughts and feelings. Mm. <laughs> However, there's some disciplines around <laughs> the way we speak and the words that comes out of one's mouth in those environments that needs to be, you know, quite contained, one would say. How do you think your two little ones, have you noticed them even at four and six? Have you noticed they've got their own little personalities? Are each of them quite different? How are you managing their different ways of learning? Oh, they're, they are little little personalities and I love them and I think that's why I want to keep them home because I just want to hang out with them all the time. They're so much fun. Mm. But um, uh, I'm blessed with some really good kids, I think. Um, my eldest is can't wait to start school and can't wait to learn and she's constantly getting my cookbooks out and copying the letters because she's... I want, oh, yeah, she yeah, just wants to beautiful. write her letters. Yeah, yeah. 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 I found when, because I did a, um, like it was a fairly regimented um, homeschooling course with them, and um, it was rope learning. Mm. That's all it was. And all it was was maths and English. So they learnt how to add, they learned how to divide, they did all the basics of it. Then I found that the Australian history came because we were travelling around Australia, so the history was there. The geography came because we were tramping through ancient places and um, we were tramping around Australia and that was the geography. And sometimes we forget that the most basic skills of cooking, of uh, even typing was one of the things that you know I had to learn when I was growing up. So cooking, sewing even, these are our basic skills that our kids aren't learning. They're not learning about relationships. Um, who was talking about that? Was it? Jodie. Jodie talked about yeah. that, didn't she, over the weekend? So they're not learning relationship skills. They're not learning. We're not being taught how to budget or how to no. save money or how to really look at that. How to survive the world, really. How are you managing that with your two, even at this age? Like, what are you doing with them? Oh, budgeting. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's been fun, actually. We went to a cafe once and the kids saw a little digital camera that they wanted to buy. It was a kid's one. And... Um, it was $20, and I said, well, how about we, this can be your way of saving for something? So they emptied the dish do- dishwasher for a dollar each, and when they got enough money, we went and bought it. Ah, uh, so, so not immediate gratification, but no. rather... Yeah, delayed. Delayed, delayed gratification. gratification. And, and well it's, given, it's given them a sense of how much a dollar is. So they know they have to do the dishwasher 30 times to get $30. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and they nice. learn their math through food, and whenever I give them... You know, their bowl of snacks for the day. My son will go, okay, so Tay, his sister, can have half the carrot sticks. So they work out who's having how many carrot sticks each and 
They're learning in those little ways. It's, it's fun to watch. Well done. Yeah. And I guess because you're with a group of mums that are already doing this, you're yeah. learning from them. Yeah. So it's almost like the, the, the community or the tribe yeah. where you're learning from the older ones what yeah. they're teaching and how they're teaching, whereas we yeah. don't do that anymore. We don't seem to have that community and that tribe. Yeah. I want to say something to you, Jodie, and I want, to, I want your honest opinion on this. You say your children are really happy and you love having them around. You're very calm, you're very centred, and obviously you have a very um, beautiful disposition in itself, which perhaps has come from learning about food and learning about your body and honouring what it meant to detox before having your babies, having natural births, breastfeeding till they're three, giving them the right start and everything. Would you think, because there's a lot of mums out there stressed, frazzled kids are hyperactive they're naughty they're challenging they're rude they're angry they're they're stressed little beings which stresses a mum because a mum never wants to see or a dad never want to see their children stressed often children are emotionally or obviously very emotionally immature so their way of expressing their stress is tantrums anger aggression hurt fighting all those sorts of things I'm just sitting here looking at you going, if a lot of mums had the opportunity to ground earth, nourish, nurture their home, really get back to what it means in a simplified manner, do you think that has something to do with why your children are so happy and healthy? Do you compare yourself to other? I mean, it seems obvious, but... It's hard not to compare, mm. but I do... I can tell a little bit. Like, when I, if my... My child has a tantrum. I can usually track it back to something he's been given f- for food. Oh. Yeah. And um, I was so saying to you yesterday, Kim, about the fruit. And my chiropractor had asked me to stop giving my son some fruit because he was having a little bit of digestive issues. So we all had to go off fruit. So that was easier. I couldn't eat a banana in front of him. So um, within that week... I noticed a complete change in not just my children's behaviour. They were so much calmer. We took, we happened to take them to my my um, their grandparents for the weekend, where they get really excited and a little bit naughty because they can at grandma's. But even then, they weren't. They were just so calm when I asked them to do something. Yes, mummy, we'll come with you now. And I was saying to Kim, even my husband. <laughs> He was so much calmer that week that we did that. And it was just so interesting to see. It took us a while to click. I'm like, actually, that's the fruit. It's the no fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Your chiropractor, is this the same one that you've been going to? It's really funny. The one that I went to in Mackay that took me to you is now in Bundaberg and we drive to Bundaberg. Who is it? Um, Stuart and Rosemary Williams. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. So now you're at Agnes Waters 1770. Your children are homeschooled. You've obviously made a little community. What fascinated Cindy and I yesterday is what you're doing within that community. Mm. Could you share with us what's happened for you and how you came to making this decision to be be this person? Yeah, um, I was really worried when I moved to Agnes thinking it was going to be so hard to find myself some organic food and some fresh produce and yeah, all the good food there. Um, At the start it would take me a drive to Bundaberg once a week. And And how far is that? An hour and a half. An hour and a half, yeah. And then I tried to work with her because I knew there's other people in the community that were in the same boat as me. So I just, we got together, I 
I started a Facebook page up where we could all get on and if they had something that they were growing in their yard they, and had excess and wanted to sell it or give it away, they could post it on this page and I'd, get some, I'd be able to buy in, because I found it cheaper than driving to Bundaberg to buy stuff in online, but you know the, the cost of the postage and everything was often more, so I found if I bought in bulk it was easier so that I, if I buy in bulk I could put it on my page, whoever wanted to come and buy some could do that, do it that way and then it just sort of grew from there and everyone if someone needs their greens like this month this month February both of our farmers in town stop for the month they have their break so this month we've been like on the page going has anyone got some spinach or cucumbers because we couldn't get them from there so if you cre- you've created a community on a Facebook page that people get on and if they're growing food within that area then you you can get that as well as a little bit of a co-op where you're buying things in and then people come and buy from you? Yeah, it got to um, a stage where it got quite big, a lot bigger. And there was um, already a few other my friends in the community that had that in mind as well. So what she has done is started up a website where everyone can just order on her and she can post when it, the delivery comes. So it's really good. Now she's got a little business running there that way and that's only just started up in the last month. Yeah. Can anyone start a co-op? Yeah. 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 And you could start a Facebook page mm. group and, I mean, it could happen anywhere. It could happen mm. in the city. It could happen in a, in a small country That's town. It. And I didn't necessarily want to start a co-op because I had enough stuff going on with myself and I didn't want that extra burden. Um, so I thought at least if I started the page, everyone can work together and it's become quite good, yeah. Mm. There's bias groups as well. So... Um, people are beginning to buy in from within a, a certain realm within the area and they buy it in and they box it up and then you get a box. Mm. So there's buyers groups, co-ops, there's, there's so many of these groups starting to, to, be, to begin and they're really changing the face of, of what we get. We know that it's clean. We know where it's come from. We don't have to get it from a grocery store where it could have come from Chile or the US or some farmer that's spraying Roundup or some other chemical. And I, I actually love it. I love, I'm wondering if Coles and Woolworths are beginning to yeah. see a drop in their sales because of this or are mm. we just a little dent? Yeah. I know. I, I, approached, I approached the... We have a food works in Agnes now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I approached them because I was driving to Bundaberg with my freezer in the back to get some frozen blueberries and the organic ones that you can get. Um, I approached uh, Foodworks to see if they could stock it for us, Mm. but unfortunately they couldn't get that brand. But um, yeah, so, and they've, but they have got a little section of organic greens Mm. and fruit and veg that we can go to if we need to. So do you think Agnes Waters and 1770 is a bit like a new Byron starting? Do you think? Yeah. I I keep hearing about it and I know people that are are telling me that. Like I have friends who live in Melbourne who have a holiday home up in Agnes Waters or a holiday block, I should say, and they have seen a big change in what's happening up there and it's almost like that's the northern Byron Bay area happening. And a lot of people don't realise that the Sunshine Coast is actually a real hub for organic growers and people who want to eat clean and love going to the markets. So do you have a market? We do. It's once a fortnight. Ah. Yeah. So the same people supplying for the cooperative would be at the market? Is that what you mean? No, we don't have any. um, We've got one local farmer that 
does, and he's got a, a small range, mm. So, um, but we ha- also have a farmer that comes from Bundy to go to the markets. It's only fortnightly, so you've got to, mm. yeah, I like to do shop. I need to do a shop at least twice a week yeah, for my fresh yeah. fruit and veg, yeah. So one of the things when we were going through ideas and you came up to me and you said that um, you had come up with a really good idea to give you a little bit more time that you needed in order to study through the program because one of the things that we've indicated is that people are time poor. Hmm. (laughs) We all have the same time. Some people get through the course faster, others don't. And so you came up to me and you said, this is how I have figured out that I can... Um, get more time to do your changing habits course and make sure that I'm educating myself and learning because you got your kids at home full time. You're homeschooling. You're you're not. That's not going to change. Mm. So would you like to um, let our listeners know the brilliant idea that you came up with in order to give yourself time, maybe just not time for education, but time for yourself. Mm. I'd actually heard it. I think it was on Quirky Joe's. Um, podcast that she gets someone to help her chop her vegetables and I thought what a great idea Um, so I went to the school and I just asked for any of the older girls whether they were interested in learning about nutrition um, or just wanted you know a job and I I wanted someone that was going to be on my level and want to learn about all this different food that they were going to learn about Um, so yeah I got uh, I got a a 15 year old girl and she comes to my house of an afternoon two, two weeks two days a week yeah and I get her bring I put all my vegetables out and she'll wash them if they're not organic for me and chop them she'll chop them into containers and if it's a ca- I buy a big bag of carrot and she'll chop them into sticks so my kids have got veggie sticks to eat some into chunks so that I can roast them and some grated so I can put them in my salads and then she'll do that with all the vegetables that I've got there um, once she's done that, she'll put um, my broth on. So she'll stick my broth on and um, get my broth going for me. And what else did she So she do? knew nothing of no, this, did she? She, she didn't know, know how to do broths. No. You taught her. No. You taught and her. she didn't even know what some of the vegetables were or what organic meant. Oh. So she's learning along the way, which is really nice too. And she's taking all this information home with her to her mum and, yeah. And is she doing any ferments? Is she fermenting any food? We did making? make some... Um, cultured wellness yogurt so she she was a bit shocked at that so (laughs) I don't think she's ready to taste it yet um yeah she makes all my nut butters my milks um granolas so you've taught her to do this and now she does that what while she's doing all that in the background what are you doing oh to get some work done study play with my kids or my kids might stay with her and play on the Lego mat next to her while I go and have a walk because I don't get to go and just go for a nice long walk sometimes so I get some stuff done that I want to get done how many hours a week would she be with you um five hours in total yeah, she'll That's do two great. and a half hours. You imagine every woman out there just sitting there, if I had an extra five hours a week, what I could do. Mm. That is the preparation time of food. That is getting yourself mm. set up for the week ahead. One yeah. thing that I found was so spoken about over this weekend was the power of um, preparation. Mm. Preparation and organisation yeah. to achieve anything. I mean, one of the girls that graduated is a mother of six with their combined family. She completed my program the weekend before. She was the first person to complete the 
the Changing Habits program. She's got this massive vision what she's doing out in Toowoomba. She had, was doing a property development um, thing at the same time and I actually looked at her and went, I thought I did a lot, but, but she just takes the cake. And, and Carly. I know. She blows me away. Absolutely. She, and she's 31. It's just extraordinary. And has come from a very troubled upbringing. At, you know, certain, she's not had it easy, is what I'm saying. So we can all make the excuses. What was your... What's your real um, non-negotiable? Like, what, what made you go, that this is non-negotiable, this is how we're going to do this? What was it for you? With our food, why? Food, everything, the way you're running your life. Oh... I just, I just want to live a wholesome life. I want to be happy and I love the way I feel. I love feeling healthy and I don't want to go back to my old ways. So as far as food goes, I am quite strict and um, a lot of my friends and family find that very hard. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, if, it's, if it's not going to nourish me, I don't want to eat it. And if I do let go and have a day off and get something else to eat... I don't like how I feel afterwards, and that's a quick reminder of, yeah, don't go there again. Kind of thing. It's a very quick yeah. reminder, but most people feel so bad and so crappy that they don't know what it they is. They don't to know feel what the good, good feeling is. Yeah. yeah, and when you are on a on a high and you're feeling good and you do something like that, you feel it immediately. Mm. Most people don't feel it immediately because they're already there. Mm. It's quite interesting. My, my kids are the same. They they can tell me that oh, I shouldn't have eaten that money. And one night we went camping and I, yeah, I wasn't feeling very well and I said to kids, okay, let's just go and get fish and chips. Mum's not well, so we'll just... And that night my daughter was vomiting and she was vomiting and she goes, this is your fault, Mummy, you shouldn't have bought me unhealthy food. (laughs) Your fault, Mummy. That's adorable. I know. I love it. And you probably agreed with her. And it's really nice for them to have that experience because mm. they understand that, I believe. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I remember when she was two You can discipline them that way. That's it. I'm getting you fish and chips. <laughs> McDonald's. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you're going to throw in a Diet Coke and then you're going to have to put up with it. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Most people think that that's a, that's a benefit. Treat. Yeah, a treat. treat. But no, no. Yours is it as punishment. <laughs> So when she was two? When she was two, she was potty training, and I've taught them also to look at their poos and their wees as well. And um, when she was two, and she'd come running out, and she's like, Mummy, Mummy, I've done a wee on the potty. I'm like, oh, you're so good. She's like, but Mummy, look, it's yellow. I need to drink some more water, don't I? Oh, my I? gosh. That's, That's powerful. Pretty, yeah. Powerful. So I don't, I don't, I may be wrong here, but you didn't learn this from your parents, did you? No. So, who's your greatest teacher is? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Thank you. I've been following you for a very long time. For a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was weird. <laughs> I still am weird. Oh, <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, like, I was taught this. My parents taught me all of this. And all the, I've learnt a lot since then, but that was the lifestyle I was brought up in. So... You're teaching your babies, and your babies will teach their babies, and hopefully we can perpetuate that because we've lost our way. We've mm. lost our way to what it's all about. We just think that it's okay to eat McDonald's, to take a, a pill when we're not feeling well. 
to um, have lean cuisine, you know, all those foods that I had over the weekend. I don't know how you bought them. I was really struggling. I really struggled with putting money into it. So, but so, I so just so that the listeners know, mm-hmm. during the program, Cindy had a whole table of junk, typical oh. foods in a, in a pantry mm. and was teaching the graduates about how to go into a home and what it would how to support someone to clear those foods out and what the good alternatives are, which I thought was so powerful, what these graduates are going to be able to do. Um, but it was fascinating because if I've ever had to go on and buy something, as an example, like a skincare product that has toxins or a whole lot of chemicals, I really struggle spending money on that. Mm, <laughs> and supporting the company that's doing that. If I've ever been asked to buy cigarettes for somebody when you used to be able to buy cigarettes yeah. for duty-free, I refused to do it. I couldn't do it. I felt like I was bad. Yeah. What are you thinking you're going to do with this program and this information? Now that you've got your co-op, you're homeschooling your children, they're just sounding like they're flourishing. Mm. Is your husband rocking it and he's totally with you on all on Yeah, all definitely. I, I remember I took him to your one-day event in Brisbane and Cindy put a picture up on the screen of her pantry and her fridge and he leant over to me and goes, She's been in her house and taken some photos. <laughs> it's exactly what ours looks like. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But what do you want to do with this information? Um, and he said, he actually said to me that day, because um, Cindy was talking about her course, and it was it, before Cindy had even bought this course out, I was always wanting to help people. I couldn't even read a health book without getting not even getting through the first page and I'd be ringing someone wanting to give them the information <laughs> and I couldn't I could not read the, even while I'm doing the course at the moment I can't finish reading something without passing the information on to someone that I know needs it um, so that's and that to me was just a sign that I need to spread this this is what my passion is I need to let everyone else feel as amazing as I do yeah, and so, yeah, when this course came out, I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to, help, I want to be a health mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us what Cindy's program that you're aware of is going to give you after now completing the graduation. What do you see it means to become a Changing Habits mentor? What does that look like? Um, to be a health mentor, to me, anyone can be a health mentor. I don't want to be a nutritionist and sit behind a desk and tell people how to eat and what to do. I want to be in their kitchens. I want to be showing them how to cook. I want to be there beside them because I know it was hard for me. It was a long process to make all my changes. So I want to be in there and make it easy for people to show them how to cook. Some people don't even know how to cook anymore. Some Mm -hmm. people think that their pantry full of packaged foods is fine. Um, yeah, so, so you're I want to fast tracking it. For yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And um, I think the best bit about the course is, yes, I can show them how to change. I don't need to be qualified to do to help someone cook a meal, but I I, I now have the knowledge to explain why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's a big thing, isn't it? When we yeah. know why, we're more likely. Dr. Libby is very big on this. You will only make change when you understand why. Now, this woman studied for 14 years as a microbiologist and she gets right down to the nitty-gritty and gets really excited about going down the rabbit hole about our you know, 50, 60 trillion cells that are working around the, the clock doing jobs that we don't even no. you know, appreciate. Mm-hmm. So when you can change the feel, and her number one thing is nutrition. But she said the one thing to drive that nutrition is understanding your why. And to understand your why, you almost need to understand how. You know, it's like 
why would I, why should I not eat this cream bun with a coffee with milk and, you know, modified milk and two sugars? Why would I not eat that? Well, when you understand, when you put that into your body, and she did a thing about the liver and all the pathway in and the first chemical change that occurs, and often the body has so many chemicals come into it that it then doesn't even get to the second phase of elimination out of the liver. It goes straight into the bloodstream. gets into the bloodstream. Now we're creating all these, I guess, you know, coagulated chemical warfare going on in the bloodstream that then that makes your brain feel foggy. It makes you yeah. feel tired. It makes you feel sick. So uh, when she talks like that and when I hear Cindy talk the way she talks about the philosophy and values and anthropology and tradition and culture, when you marry those two together, I truly believe you will never want to put a cream cake and a coffee and two sugars with milk in your body again. What do you think is the key thing for you to not become evangelical and want to ram this down people's throats? Tell us what to do. No. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a car and we're like, (laughs) It's, it's hard clue? not to offend somebody. It's really hard. And I was hoping to get some pointers this weekend. <laughs> I, I struggle with that myself. It's hard not to just tell them straight down the line. Yeah, you want to because yeah. you know this information and you want to tell them. Yeah. I've, I actually think it's by example. Mm-hmm. And then people start to... I know with me in playgroup, it was by example. I wasn't really talking that much because I was actually a bit scared to tell people what I was doing because I was so far off the beaten track what everybody else was doing but they would notice things they'd see what I'd put in the kids food they'd notice that my kids were never sick um they they would talk to me about antibiotics and things like that I go no I don't give them to my children I don't don't do that stuff so I found that it was by example is one of the most important things and I think getting into the community and just speaking like you speak and what you've done in your life and how you've done it, people will want what you've got. One of the things that I I want to ask you, because this is what really, when you came up to me and told me something else that you were doing, Kim and I were in a a book club for quite a few years, and we loved it, we absolutely loved it. And one of the books that we read was The Red Tent. And The Red Tent is about biblical times, and it's about um, Jacob and his harem of sister wives, and, and that's what it was. It was a polygamous marriage. Um, and it's where Joseph came from, from a multicolored coat. So if anybody knows religion, and Kim's like looking at me going, oh, yeah, we did do that. But <laughs> now I'm thinking, yeah, Jacob suits his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, was, it was based on history, but it wasn't told by a man. It was actually told by the only daughter of Jacob. Diana was her name? Diana? Um, Dianella. Dianella. And one of the things they had was the red tent. And the red tent was a place that the women went at the full moon as they were getting their cycle and they would be away from the man. And, but there are other men around, I believe, but they would be away from the, the sons and, the, and the, the man and they would nurture each other through their cycle um, for that three-day period. And it's where they went to have their babies. Um, and if they had twins, I think they were allowed in the red tent for a month. Can you imagine that? Oh a month of nurturing of women in the in the red tent. And you I'm met... thinking the men are sitting there going, this sounds great. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was interesting for me when I read the red tent is that it is that 
it, our cycle was 28 days. Our cycle always was on the full moon or the, or the um, waning moon. We were, it was always together and we've lost that. We've absolutely lost that. And as we were speaking over the weekend, you mentioned the red tent and that you were doing something in Agnes, Agnes Waters and 7070 with this whole concept. Would you like to explain what you're doing? Yeah, um, I'm so blessed in Agnes Water. There is so much more, um, more available than I thought. Um, and a beautiful group of women who are women who I've happened to be really good friends with and connected with straight away in Agnes. Um, one of them happened to be a facilitator for the Red Tent and she started it up while I was living there. And, oh my God, it is amazing. <laughs> and if I can't get there for some reason, I beg somebody to have my kids. Like if my husband's not home, I beg someone to have my kids because I'm not missing out on this night. Every new moon we get together and yeah it's nourishing ourselves it's mm. just having a release and it's like my reset button for the month you know getting myself back back to reset and grounding and oh, it's an amazing night and yeah it's exactly it's the meditation it's the releasing of anything you need to get off your chest and so just, give me an example there's how many women would be in the group and uh, where is it held a different place every Every so someone hosts, yeah. takes a yeah. turn. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get this so that if anyone's interested, perhaps they could set up their own. Mm-hmm. So, so you get a group of women. Yeah. You start at one house. Is it? And it's palace? just as how you could imagine it. It's the candles in the middle. It's the big, the red silk that we sit around on our cushions. And there's about it can be, be between eight to fifteen of us, depending on who can make it. And obviously, only women that have reached their menstrual cycle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Full moon, new moon, a new moon. Oh, it's on the new moon. Yeah, new moon. Wherever that is, you all obviously know in advance who's doing what. So you yeah. could create a timetable so everybody knows. Does somebody get the red silk and it goes to the next person's house? No, or? the facilitator has all of that and she sets it up. Oh, so there's a facilitator. Yeah, and she has the cushions, and so you arrive. Mm. What do you do? We she'll um, we will arrive um, quietly. And she'll get her sage stick out and she will cleanse us all before we come in. And we'll all sit down. Um, it's, it starts, we actually haven't a cup of tea at the start now, whereas we had a cup of tea at the end. But yeah, and we'd all sit down and um, she'll do um, a, a talk about what was going on in that new moon, particularly. Um, and we'd all have a meditation and then um, she would do a guided meditation and whatever came up in that meditation um, we could talk about afterwards. Um, so she's made a beautiful little talking stick with beads and a rocket mm. so we have, And it's only the person with the stick that can talk and there can no, you can't talk back or answer the questions. It's just to have a release beautiful. of whatever you're going on, going on, whether it can be as deep as you like or just I've had enough of the kids this week or, yeah, and it's beautiful. Mm. Mm. Um, you get to pick a card as well. Yeah, cards. Talk about that. I went away for, with the Mind Forum last year for a woman's retreat, and the whole function started like that with a woman facilitating it. We did a, exactly all of that. We had the talking stick. We did the on the cushions, and it actually really set the tone um, for the whole you know five day retreat. It's obviously something that as a mother you know, of a daughter, it'd be very 
privilege to to have mm. them join you when they've reached that stage in their life. What's there for the men in Agnes Warden? Oh, we've been asked. They need one. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. the shed is a big a yeah. thing here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, the man shed or the men shed. Mm. Mm. I don't know what they do there. I've never been, but. I've, I've heard that it's there's about six here on the Sunshine Coast. Mm-hmm. And men love... Like, men are very different to women. It's not about sitting on cushions and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and doing that. They actually go in there and they... I don't know. I don't know what they do there. Maybe we need to get a man from the men's shed. <laughs> well, I noticed even a couple of men here on the coast, they do things like, you know, and it sound, it's, may not have any kind of necessarily spiritual connotation or anything like that, but, you know, they meet for their morning mm-hmm. swim. Yes, They all true. have their swim. They get together. They, have a, they cool off. Then they go for a coffee before they get into that day. I think it's really powerful mm-hmm. to belong to something, men or women, whatever floats your boat as to what sort of environment. But I had one couple at our graduation the weekend before last, um, the weekend before Cindy's graduation, and they're a beautiful couple. They've got three children. She's a dynamo. He's a little bit more mellow and obviously a little bit more laid back, but... He was so beautiful and gracious after we did the personality workshop and he just said to me, I, I find, you know, I'm not so good when I get home and all this and, and I could tell he was what I call a, a peaceful personality, a more phlegmatic type and I said to him, you know what you need, you just need transition time. So how about before you come home, your allowance for half an hour and your wife knows it so it's not like you're escaping, it's just you, you might make it 40 minutes but let's say it's 30 minutes you take your shoes off from work, you get down to the beach, because we're very lucky where we live here. If you haven't got a beach, you just do it on grass, go to a park or sit by a trip, just get into nature, earth yourself, think about what you've done for the day or what it is. Some men like might want to meditate, some of them might just want to go, oh, five, 30 minutes to myself or put on a podcast or something. And his eyes were just lighting up and his wife was going, we can do that, babe, that would be really cool. And then she said, and then I'll have the vaporizer all lit for when you get home. And so she was, when they knew what that half hour transition time was, I imagine she's going to be setting up the vaporizer or doing the little rituals so that when they do come together, they've had their little, just that little time. And Mm. I think that more than anything is critical in this busy world. What else do you think around the red tent? Ultimately outside of it, you said it resets you. What do you mean? Um, I, I can get caught up in a lot. I'm a bit of a control freak sometimes. So I can get caught up with my lists and what to do and everything for the month and just to let go of all that and clear my mind and sit with some beautiful women and just forget about my world for you know the night. It can go until midnight. We get there at 6 and it can go for until midnight. Because oh we just love it. Yeah. So the person hosting it may have children. Yes. So they just have to make sure that they get themselves all sorted and yeah. Yeah. The the reason I brought it up with Cindy was at the end of the night we'll write our manifestation for the month. Mm. Uh, oh, you do a manifestation for the month. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then the following month we'll go, we'll we can include that in our talk whether you know what we had manifested had come to light or what had yeah what our journey was. It's almost like a very gentle accountability. It's a gentle. Um, I'm not alone. It's a gentle way of saying you've got a tribe of, of souls who are here for you. And I think women do this very, very well. And I love the whole word 
gentle because that's been my experience of the red tent. There's a number here on the coast and I think that would be the one thing I've found that's a lovely way to just switch off, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, um, every month has its own flavour or style according, according to what's going on in the moon for that month. Yeah. And the facilitator lets you know that? Yeah. So yeah. like what? What do you mean? Um, whether what was this month was about who we are and you know what who we really are yeah so yeah you know it could I be think, a different subject I think this used or probably happened um in tribes yeah um, you know like I'm I'm very sure that this would have happened in tribes as we saw in the bible as well with the the book the red tent it's just that when we live in how we live now we've forgotten our culture and tradition and here's another culture and tradition that obviously fulfills um, something in you that's very, very important. Like you said, I never want to miss it. It's like me swimming. I hate missing a day. I have to get down there. It's like the way I get my energy to then go and do what I need to do. And then Kimmy and I are now doing a mindfulness um, training. I'm doing really well at it, aren't I, Kim? <laughs> First week we go, she's sitting there. And the lady's talking all about you know, the mind, the busyness, and what it means to meditate. And, and look, we probably have both heard all of this, but it's a really like this. It's a great anchor, a good reminder, a good check-in. Well, we had to do a 12-minute meditation, and within 30 seconds, all of a sudden, I hear... <laughs> the back of her throat. <laughs> I mean, you can go anywhere. She falls asleep in yoga poses. <laughs> um, but it's funny, we both talked about it though, that we could both hear her voice mm. the whole way through, mm. yet we can't remember what she said. Mm. And I love that feeling. I love it. That was a really yes. special night. It was only one hour. It was, and it was only, and she's got a very gentle voice, but I think I'm being attracted to those because I have to start quietening down what's happening in, in my brain. And I do that at my swim every morning because... Well, there's no one to talk to you when you're in the water. No, it's quite soul. good. It's quite nice good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, but I'm looking for more. I'm actually looking for more. I was, even this year, I was. I'm, I have a, a fairly full-on year with a documentary coming out and more education and and everything that's happening. But I find myself attracted to going to Gaia or some 10-day don't speak retreat or some yoga retreat. I'm, I'm really she attracted. She needs to take her best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very attracted to these things this year mm. and I realise that it may not happen this year but next year and then I'm trying to create that up in my farm as well. So I love, I love what you're doing. I love... Mm that you have created such an amazing community where you are right now. Is there anything else that you want to share? Because I am sure you've got more. Oh, I do. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> what else are you doing? Tell We're me. going around Australia next year. You and your husband and the kids? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. In a bus or a camper van or? Just our Newton tent. Yeah. You're another, fa- another family, one of the families at our chiropractor. They've been on the road for the last... They started in Tasmania and they've been... They're, they're on the road. It's like... It's so mm. cool. Mm. It, it's a really an amazing time for family. You yeah. just, just don't... 
You're with each other all the time, yeah. 24-7. It's going to be a big change for me. Yeah, see my husband yeah it, will, it will be. But it was the same for us because my husband was working, you know, 6 a.m. till 11 p.m. with sports yeah. and with chiropractic and everything like that. And, and then we were thrown into this bus, uh, the five of us, 24-7 for two, nearly two years. Yeah. And um, it was the most amazing two years of our family's life. And our kids still look back and go... Remember we did this, remember we did that. It's a very fond, fond time for all of us. And, mm. and, the, and new homeschooling. You can't, you can't lose. You can't lose when you do something like that. It's, mm. and, and what you learn on the road and the people that you meet and the, the people you socialise with. The people we met on the road we are still friends with and they all moved to the Sunshine Coast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing all the the ones that we travelled with. You know, you meet people on the road and you travel for months with, with, a fam- with families and there were three in particular that we really enjoyed and had time with and a lot of time with. They now all live on the Sunshine Coast. And we're still, um, mm. you know, we still see them. So yeah, and your kids are all friends. Mm. Um, what would you say to women families out there that think that your whole interview just sounds so idyllic and so charmed? What would you say to a woman that feels she can't get off the merry-go-round or off the treadmill? Um... To fall in love with yourself and make yourself important. And once you realise how important you are and your body is, then you'll make the effort to keep it well. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's all really well and good to say that, I find. But there's a lot of women out there that they keep sabotaging themselves. You must see people yeah. in your community that do this. They Absolutely. sabotage all the time. And I guess it's something that we're still trying to figure out. How do you help these people that are doing that and why are they doing that and what do they have against themselves and they don't realize they're doing it it might be they'd be on a diet they're gonna all right i'm gonna i'm not gonna drink i'm not gonna do this i'm gonna eat right i'm gonna and then three days later Mm. they've collapsed i think like you say it usually takes a crisis Mm. it does it it? takes a crisis for someone to realize what they're doing to their body Mm. sad isn't it and I think that I think really ultimately we are in such a noisy world and we are in such a I loved what I think it was Sarah Valentine says on your thing, she goes, We don't even know what it feels to be good and well anymore. We don't know that feeling. Therefore the clutter, the noise and everything we experience we now associate as normal. And um, as beautiful Dr. Libby also says whilst it might be considered common, it is anything but normal. She said a fascinating fact that over the last two decades she's been looking at all you know, women's periods and cycles and all of these sorts of things, obviously, and this estrogen dominance is just creating havoc in all our lives. And one of the things she talked about is in the last... She, she explained how the progesterone rises right at ovulation and how it, it should stay above estrogen levels for the rest of the cycle until we hit day one again of bleeding. And now most of us don't even know that story. We don't even know what it means to have progesterone released and when and how and why and what's its job. Then when she talked about the fact that in the last two decades she's only had six women with the correct progesterone levels at different times in their cycles, it's, as she said, it is common but it is not normal. So in this clustered world of noise of what we all think is normal is far, far from normal. It's just common. You are uncommon, but in fact, normal, really, when we think about it, in this world, that your way of living and, and approaching life with this 
this real essence of culture and tradition is normal. So for any woman listening to this going, oh, it sounds idyllic, it sounds charmed, oh, it's all right for you, and it's, you know what I mean? Like you say, get back to core, get back to essence, get back to nourishing and nurturing your soul, body, and spirit. Then you will probably find ways that incredibly become the non-negotiables, yeah. what you are going to do now, from now on, no matter what. People yeah. might think you've lost your plot, or they might think you've had a midlife crisis, or they might think you've done things, but often a midlife crisis is in fact more a midlife awakening, and beautiful that you're doing it in your 30s. For a lot of women, I have to say in our generation, have come through this fast food, get women out of the kitchen, women can do anything, feminist society, we've grown up almost stomping all over our men not wanting to be in the kitchen, we're trying to take on the role of the man. The man's sitting there going, well, hang on a minute, I don't even know who I am anymore. And yet we're blaming our men for not being these extraordinary beings that they are meant to be. And yet you just said something so profound to me. It's, you know, it's really getting back to that core. Yeah, and I also, you know, listening to you, you found a really good group of women, a community that you resonate with and I, I reckon that's important because you know I've got a really good group of women we've got I should mm-hmm. say have a really good group of women that we resonate with and if you can't find it within your community then you find it on you know online mm-hmm. and I guess that's the changing habits online nutrition course as well as your HLE people from all over Australia are getting together and realizing that they're not alone in this they're not you know doing this by themselves it's it's nice to have what you've got though and I think that when one woman starts there are other women that will gather or other parts of the community that will gather and I guess that's what Chonk's all about changing habits online nutrition course and the HLE is about is about starting that ripple effect and you being the instigator of or the beginning of this and that's that's my hope that we start to see this change. Yeah, yeah. I had a comment once, um, straight actually, that oh, you're so brave to be able to bring out those uh, dehydrated some apples for snacks, and everyone else was eating chips. So you're so brave, and you're just copying it from everyone because they were just giving me some flack. Oh really? And mm. she, and she goes, you just you didn't care. I'm like. I've been doing it for eight years. <laughs> I'm getting used to it now. Whereas some people would give in and just get the chips because they weren't they were too afraid of that fuck. I think, and mm. I think it's been a good long process for me to build my backbone and be strong in who I am and what I eat, and not worry about what other people eat. And usually they're only saying that because they're jealous. They they want to be eating that food too. Mm. Plus, they probably don't love themselves in that way of nurturing themselves. And so they're quite happy to just yeah. eat that food. Or completely unaware. Or, yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. seriously, and it's not that women may not even think that they don't love themselves. They just don't realise that that's uncommonly common. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, also ego. Yeah. I know ego comes into it. If I find I get someone knock me on something and I have a feeling or a wanting to react, it's my ego. It's not my essence. Mm-hmm. And when what you just said, when someone says something, you don't mind because you just know that beautiful saying: "Those who speak do not know; those who know do not speak." It's it's so profoundly true. You don't have to say anything. You just it just is. Mm-hmm. They're doing that. You're doing this. So be it. Yeah. But you watch; they'll follow. 
Oh, it's, I've seen it already. <laughs> Over the last seven years, so many people mm. have come to me. And mm. I can hardly wait to see what you do. Um, I look forward to seeing you next year and or maybe even before that um, at our July conference or something like that. Yeah. But I really look forward to seeing the impact, the tsunami of change that you will be doing. I'm in taking it around Australia. <laughs> wow. And you know what? That's amazing because people are starving for this. They're absolutely starving for this. So I look mm. forward to it. So yes, you gorgeous being. Is there anything <laughs> else you want to part us with? Mm. Um, what's your favourite, first of all, just quickly, favourite book you're reading at the moment? I can't read. Oh, really? I really struggle with the course. I, I, I can read. Yeah, yeah. I just... I would rather watch the videos. I think I, I think that's why I enjoy Cindy's program because so I get to watch the videos well, and get it explained to me. Yeah. Auditory learner, that's um, yeah. yeah. To get through a book, like I said, to, to get through a book, I get very distracted with wanting to ring people and tell people what I'm learning. <laughs> well, I bet you just all the women listening that I think, God, she's not completely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I can't read a book. I want to. I was even going to buy the manifesting Matisse, and I thought, oh, there's no point because it's just going to sit there. But get an audio. Yeah, you can have to do that. Audio books are brilliant. Mm -hmm. Many books um, I read are audio books because I'm in the car and I'm listening all the time. But if I then find that there's a lot of information in there that I really want to revision and look at visually, because sometimes I'll hear it on audio, but I won't take it in unless I visually see it, I will then go and buy the book. So audible.com is a brilliant place to buy audible books and one of the books that I'm reading at the moment, because um, I have a dozen books on the go all the time, it feels like, um, it's called um, Plague and it's on audiobook and for four ninety five. What about your book, Swallow Me? What was that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were too funny. <laughs> By Blythman. <laughs> I cannot believe you told everyone to read a book called Swallow Me. <laughs> Tell us about it, because honestly that's a bit bizarre. It's, a, it's a, actually a book about the food industry and the additives that they create. It's got nothing to do with what you think Kim Morrison is talking about. It has everything to do with the food industry. And it's, a, it's very much about the, a new... Um, term by the food industry called clean labelling and clean labelling is where they will change the name of an additive that they know we hate such as MSG to yeast extract or BHA, BHT to rosemary extract no? Oh no, you did get my attention, good morning. I'm glad I got your attention. (laughs) So yes Great book, great book Well Jodie, beautiful have you got a website? Do you I have Facebook pages? Facebook. I'm starting up my website after the business course. I'm going to wait and do it properly. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. So, good, what's, good. if someone, I mean, are you? Is it a public Facebook? I, page? I have a public Facebook page. Tell us what it is. The whole way. The whole way. At the T H E W H O L E W A E. Yeah. The whole way. At the moment, it's just what I'm eating, inspiring people with my meals. And then I have another Facebook page called The Whole Way Around, which will be our trip around Australia. Oh, that's adorable. Well, I mean, because the thing is, there will be some people listening to this going, can they pick your brains? Can they ask you? So that's a great way to get in touch with you. And I dare say our beautiful, avid listeners will be following you with great interest around uh, Australia on your trip. And you are inspiring. And it just goes to show... The same thing that you said before, we do not need qualifications in order to be making a difference or a change, but education is paramount. Information, learning, digesting stuff that you come in touch with and then learning a way to express it that inspires others to want to make the change for themselves 
as opposed to being the evangelist is is really powerful and I just love to say you're an amazing role model for that and I'm so excited when you said we'll get Jodie on board because we had a very brief discussion yesterday and it was like "Mm, mm, mm." (laughs) so if you have enjoyed this podcast then make sure you go to all the w's dot the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and you can place all your comments or questions or any information you'd like there or you can go to our Facebook page Facebook dot com forward slash up for a chat and remember to place your comments feedback and any questions there also don't forget to go to itunes to give us a five star rating uh, if you do that the more people that give us a five star rating actually instigates even more change and if you truly believe that the the amazing guests and the interviews and the conversations that we have each week is inspiring you and your family and friends then please but make sure you, you, if you can find a bit of time to go to iTunes and give us that five-star rating. That really does make a difference. Other than that, you can go to changinghabits.com.au to find our gorgeous Cindy and all about her nutritional program. You can go to 28.com to find out all about the HLE, the Health and Lifestyle Educator Program. And oh my gosh, if you can see what our gorgeous Karen Smith is up to these days, karensmith.com. Uh, there's some amazing, beautiful new programs, online programs that she's releasing this year too. So apart from that, if you want to gather your friends and family and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world, we will see you next week where we are bringing to you (laughs) Cindy and Kim's husbands. (laughs) Stay tuned. Take care now. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.